Thank you, Professor Prager. Dennis Prager has a radio show uh, right here on this radio station from 12 to 3 every day. He's also the founder of Prager U. That's a YouTube uh, show, a production that produces videos on various uh, conservative topics. And he asked a question that I've been asking for a long time and have never heard answered. Still haven't. Now he has asked it on a, a national website. That would be PJ Media, one of my favorite go-to places. Here's the question, and this is the headline of the piece. If America is racist, why have millions of blacks immigrated here? Did Jews immigrate to Germany in the 1930s? That's the headline of the piece, as I said. And he says that this is a question every black and white leftist should be asked. And he points out that the answer to why Jews didn't move to Germany after 1933 was because Germany was systemically anti-Semitic. Now, I've been asking for a long time why it is that people like Kamala Harris don't go to the border and warn people of color to stay away from the United States because it's full of white supremacists and it's systemically racist. That's what we keep hearing. The people of color at the border are leaving countries founded and ruled by people of color. Why are they doing that if, if things are so bad here? And Prager says this, quote, So one can only conclude that in the view of America's leftists, non-German Jews of the 1930s had the wisdom not to move to Germany, but present-day non-American blacks have no wisdom. In the view of America's leftists, then, the millions of blacks who have moved here and the many millions who want to move here must be fools. And he asks, uh, that's a quote, and then he asks, as I have asked, if the so-called black leaders on the left and white progressives believe what they say about America, why aren't they doing everything they can to dissuade blacks from the Caribbean and Africa from coming to America? And he answered his own question by saying that it's because they don't believe what they say about America. They can't if they don't do what he asks, which is dissuade them, tell them not to come. If they're not doing that, they must not believe what they're saying. But here's another question I have. When is someone in the media who has access to these people on a daily basis going to ask them the question that Dennis Prager is asking in his column? I don't think it's going to happen, but I sure would like to see somebody ask that question. Anyway, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about the NCAA's loss at the Supreme Court yesterday and what it means for college sports. It's one of those sports stories that's about a lot more than sports. Stick around. Remember when those quarters came out depicting different states? Did you keep some from your home state or a state that held a special memory? They're just quarters, but a quarter can be significant when it's a quarter of your retirement savings. Do you want to pay 25% or more in taxes during your retirement? Beth Andrews and her team at NetWorth Advisors can create a retirement plan to help address taxes in retirement. Beth and her team have been helping families plan for retirement for more than 20 years. They have strategies to help you keep as much of your money as possible. Call Beth Andrews and the NetWorth Advisors team now at 800-426-1428 to schedule a visit. A quarter saved is a quarter earned. Call 800-426-1428 now. That's 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. When was the last time you watched your home movies? 
Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories, trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-in Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest-Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Yesterday, the NCAA lost a big one at the Supreme Court. It was 9-0. And the court ruled that the NCAA could not put a cap on educational benefits because it's in violation of antitrust laws, among other things. And the consensus seems to be that this is just a crack in the door uh, that's going to end up leading to players being paid. This is a sports story that's about a lot more than sports, which we like around here, by the way. Uh, Ben Strauss is a columnist and a reporter for the Washington Post. He's also the co-author of a book called Indentured, the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA. He joins us now. Ben, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So you and Joe uh, Nocera wrote this book five years ago. Did you guys see this coming, what happened with the, uh, with the Supreme Court yesterday? You know, I think there were a couple of uh, surprising things about 
yesterday. The first is is nine nothing, right? In this polarized era, polarized court, to get you know nine people in America anywhere to agree on something, much less the Supreme Court, is, is quite a defeat. So uh, the bipartisan unifying issue in America is uh, NCAA reform. Uh, it seems. Yeah. Uh, so, so you you got the nine nothing, but then also there was the Justice Kavanaugh um, concurring opinion, which was not part of the nine zero ruling, but which is you know a separate a separate piece that he wrote, in which he the case that was decided was pretty narrow. It wasn't about mm-hmm. paying players, wasn't about autographs and that kind of stuff, and getting paid for autographs. It was it was just about educational expenses, and so you know today. Um, Players can get laptops now and uh, postgraduate internships, stuff like that. And so you might say, why is that a big deal? Why are people talking about that? And one of the big reasons is, is the 9-0, but also the, the Brett Kavanaugh um, opinion that basically said this wasn't a case about paying players. But if it had been, uh, he was pretty openly skeptical of whether the NCAA could have won a case that was much broader and could have really um, reshaped college sports. So I think that those were um, a couple of things that stood out to me. Did, did you think it would happen sooner? Um, there was a period, I want to say in 2016, when there was a union movement by the Northwestern football team, and there was yeah, another court that, yeah. case. There was another court case um, where Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, testified in the California court. Um, Ed O'Bannon, the former UCLA basketball star, star, brought the case, and it was about um, athletes getting paid for being used in video games. And there was a moment there when it seemed like that there was going to be you know, momentous, really big change um, to college sports, and it didn't happen. And so... I uh, I sort of wondered if, if there would be another wave of pressure and another wave of, um, you know, reform and, and sort of what would happen. And that moment, you know, has arrived now. You have the Supreme Court decision, but you also have uh, dozens of states that have passed laws about name and image, which would mean that a, a college athlete could uh, make money based on their social media following, um, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter, Instagram, that sort of thing, uh, could get paid by a local business for doing sponsorship or autographs and that kind of stuff. And so between that and, and the Supreme Court ruling, it feels um, like we've arrived at, at, you know, another pretty momentous moment. Is this the beginning of the end of major college football and basketball as we've known it? I don't think... It's the beginning of the end of, of college sports. I think that, that, you know, I don't know how much Saturday afternoon is going to change in the fall, um, you know, yeah. watching Ohio State and Michigan or Alabama and Auburn, that kind of thing. I do think, um, you know, sort of the way players are compensated and um, the structure of college sports, um, I think this ruling, you know, signifies that that's going to change. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, if I'm a fan of college sports, I don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily be real worried that, you know, my fandom is going to change or, or the way I watch games or the way yeah. the games happen is going to change all that much. Here, here's what Justice Kavanaugh wrote. You referred to what he said. Uh, this is a quote from him uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the ruling. Uh, I guess this is outside of the ruling. Anyway, maybe you can explain that. But anyway, here's what he said. 
college presidents, athletic directors, coaches, conference commissioners, and NCAA executives taking six- and seven-figure salaries. Colleges build lavish new facilities, but the student-athletes to generate the, who generate the revenue, many of whom are African-American from lower-income backgrounds, end up with little or nothing. Uh, my question would be, uh, I, I kind of was surprised by that, because is it fair to say that getting 150 to $200,000 worth of college education is little or nothing? That, that, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I think that uh, I would think about that a couple of ways. The, the first is that I think that you're, it's harder to attack the system as it exists if players were getting the education that they were promised. If, you know, they got the full benefits of the college experience that right. you know, most of us who didn't play uh, big-time college football got. But the, the problem is that in so many cases, the education that is promised isn't delivered. Um, you know, yeah. players can't major in, the, in what they want, and they can't attend right. the same classes that other people have. And then in so many cases, they are trying to go pro in sports. Um, and so the educational component is, is so difficult in so many cases to take advantage of that you end up having this system where uh, you're promised an education and you don't get it for any number of reasons, and that um, sort of really adds to, you know, some of the uh, hypocrisy, or some of the critics of this would, would suggest. Yeah, that's... So, um, yeah I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a fair, it's a fair point, um, but I, I do think it's, it's so hard for the athletes to get the education um, that they're promised. Yeah, that's, that's, the, um, that's the, 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 uh, the case that I w- would make is that it's, um, it's about – I mean, I've, I've been around long enough to see uh, how kids um, are the major in ridiculous majors. They don't go to class. They 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 give you graduation rates, which to me mean nothing because uh, 50 years ago, I'm an old guy, but 50 years ago, I was around a college football team, a major college football team. This is 50 years ago now, Ben, and um, I was around them for like three months. And this was a major college football program, not locally, not Pittsburgh or Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the kid, I, the kid I knew, and I went to visit. I sh- I showed up on February first, okay. And I I remember I was sitting in his dorm room, and he came back. He had just come back from the bookstore. He played football. He's a really good player. He just came back from the the bookstore with a uh, a uh, sh- <clears throat> excuse me a shopping bag full of books. He threw it under the little built-in desk on the wall as I was sitting there, and we talked. Exactly three months later, I was sitting in the same seat, uh, and he was going to take us to the airport to go home, me and my friend, and the books had not moved from underneath that <laughs> little desk. He made the dean's list. He went to the beach with us every single day that I was there, and he, if he had a test at noon, it was under the door at 8 in the morning. He made the dean's list, and I'm telling you, the books literally had dust on it, had not moved for three months. This is 50 years ago, okay? So this is nothing new. So, and, and he came out and, you know, he had a nice life and had a job and everything, and uh, he did fine, didn't go to the NFL or anything. But that, I mean, I saw that firsthand back then, and I know the same things go on now. I know they do. And so you're right about the education part of it. You don't know what they're actually getting. Yeah, I think that there, uh, the one way you could think about that is, is the scholarships could be longer than four years, for example. Like, they yeah. could last for six years. 
sort of to give the athlete a chance to focus on the sport, which in so many cases is why they're at school and, and they're also at school to make money for the university. Um, and so you sort of understand that that's the relationship initially, but then, you know, you extend that scholarship and so that they have a chance to return and, and get the education that they're promised. I think that's a pretty useful reform. Um, yeah. That you could you could add here that's that's very separate from you know talking about money. Ben, there's a columnist here in Pittsburgh, Paul Zeiss. Uh, he wrote for the Post Gazette. He's also a radio talk show host. I, I want to read a quote from his column today, just to get your take on this. Uh, this is what he writes. He said, "I have two children who were Division One athletes. One has two degrees, and through the connections he made while playing college football, he landed an excellent job." The other is about a month from finishing her master's degree and is likely going to be able to parlay a connection she made while playing into an excellent job. His son played at Pitt and his daughter played uh, high school bas- or college basketball. Can't remember where. Uh, neither of them uh, paid a dime. This is Paul's ice writing now. Neither of them paid a dime for their education, housing, or food for four years. Both got a monthly stipend, cost of attendance check. They had access to tutors, academic advisors, life skill coaches, nutritionists, doctors, etc. They got to travel to places they would never have gotten a chance to see. If that is being exploited, I want to be exploited someday, too. I estimate that the total package, everything included, for their two educations was worth somewhere in the neighborhood of $600,000. That's not free. So what do you think of that and what his his two kids got out of uh, their scholarships? Yeah, all of that sounds great, and I would say that nothing the Supreme Court said or nothing that we're talking about today would preclude that from happening in the future. Uh, All of that ought to continue and should continue, and and more uh, players, you know, who haven't had those opportunities, who have been in situations where they haven't been able to take advantage of those opportunities, um, should get to, and I I think that's the place we're trying to get to. Uh, The other thing I would say is there's a difference between a good deal and a fair deal, especially when you look at the economics. Um, I think in some ways it's sort of hard to, to think about college athletes as an exploited class when, when you look at all the benefits and you look about look at you know the lives they live in in a lot of ways. Uh, but just the economic disparity between uh, the millions of dollars the coaches make and the administrators and the, the conference commissioners and the billions of dollars that, that flow in from television. Um, Everybody gets to partake in, in the economics of this system except for the players. Um, and so to commercialize every aspect of this and uh, squeeze every dollar out of this on one side of the equation but not let the players, um, you know, be involved in that at all um, is, is pretty tough when you consider how much money is, is flowing. And so, again, I sort of point to the difference between what a good deal is and what a fair deal is. We're talking to Ben Strauss. He's a Washington Post columnist and reporter. He's co-author of Indentured, the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA. We're talking about uh, what happened yesterday with the Supreme Court and how it affects the NCAA. So, Ben, uh, how will this change how coaches recruit the top athletes? I mean, how much will academics matter to anybody anymore? Are they all going to be looking to make a buck? Uh, are you talking about the Supreme Court ruling, or potentially something bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How will how will this how will this ruling and and you know what it's going to allow the colleges to do change what how how coaches sell their programs? You know, yeah, what, I'm not what sure there's going to be a huge. I'm not sure there's going to be a huge difference based on this okay. court ruling. I think you know there will be some players who can you know are interested in negotiating for 
you know, a postgraduate internship or something like that. But I don't think that there's going to be a sea change in uh, recruiting based on this. Um, well, if amateurism no longer matters, um, why bother with the academics? Why should a kid have to be bothered with going to class? I mean, does a five-star recruit at Alabama even need to go to class? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, if, if uh, at some point, it seems to me that, uh, like, like a baseball, you can be a baseball player, you can be an 18-year-old baseball player and go uh, sign with a team and play professionally, and your ability to do classwork has nothing to do with your ability to advance into professional as a professional athlete at what point can 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 it can we get to where um college football player a football player doesn't have to be tied to academics he just plays football uh, you know, I, nobody I'm knows not. what Sidney crosby got on his sats or you know what he majored in college is he didn't go to college hockey player then in that case Sure, I think that, as we talked about before, the sort of expanding the, the scholarship is the way to, um, you know, allow players to, uh, you know, focus on their sports and then get that education that, that is promised as part of the scholarship opportunity. Um, how do antitrust laws affect the NCAA? I know you're not a, an attorney, but uh, this is something that's always bothered me. Uh, how do these? Because this is a lot of this is based on antitrust. How do these antitrust laws affect the NCAA, but not the NFL or NBA, whose eligibility rules, by the way, prevent football and basketball players from earning, as I said, like at eighteen, like hockey and baseball. There, that's the it's the two leagues that don't let kids join their league uh, that make them uh, their only choice is to go to college. That, that's sure, but that, that has nothing to do with sort of the uh, economic structure, which is what was at stake in these cases. You mean nothing to do with with uh, with the NCAA? <laughs> no, no, no. These cases are about the way that the rules that the NCAA sets up. It, it has nothing to do with rules that the NBA or the NFL sets up. These, these cases are about NCAA rules, and sort of that eligibility is not part of these cases. Okay, I got. I only have about a minute left, Ben. Um, you've been looking at this stuff, obviously, going back five years when you wrote the book. What, what's just what, what's the landscape going to look like uh, five years from now? Is it going to be a drastic uh, difference? I do think that it's going to take a little while for this to shake out, at least five years, and sort of to understand what the college system looks like. I think you know, five years from now, at the, at the minimum, you're going to see athletes with a chance to. Um, monetize their names if you're a you know a popular player you know whether you're a uh-huh. gymnast or a football player and you've got a big social media following uh you'll be able to make some money off that sign autographs you know do um you know sponsorship that kind of thing i think we're still you know a ways away from you know the the shaking out completely the relationship between the uh the players and the schools well it's a start Ben, I'm out of time. Thanks for being here. It's Ben Strauss, Washington Post columnist and reporter. The book is Indentured, the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA. Thanks for being here, Ben. My pleasure. Thanks. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A bill that would 
vastly expand federal control over elections is given little chance of passing today in the Senate. Democrats would need all of their members to vote in the affirmative, and West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin has already come out opposed to the For the People Act, mostly because it's garnered no Republican support. Manchin says such a major change in voting laws should not be carried out in a partisan manner. He favors an update to the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Democrats say the For the People Act is meant to ensure voting access for minorities and other marginalized groups. Republicans say it's an effort to federalize elections and give Democrats a permanent advantage. Bob Agner reporting. Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke at a congressional subcommittee hearing today speaking about the central bank's response to the pandemic. He says inflation is transitory and the recovery from the pandemic is uneven. But stocks remain higher. The Dow up 58 points and the Nasdaq 73 points higher. This is SRN News. Have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Metal, New York. Lesson Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal Housing Lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Hugh Hewitt thinks we're looking at nothing but pork. Manchin has been saying all along that $2 trillion is too much. So if they expect to spend a trillion two on, on infrastructure, which is good old-fashioned pork, much bigger than Obama's bill. It's 25% bigger than President Obama's Stimulus Act after they did $2 trillion of pork already this year, which they call COVID relief, and we've got inflation brewing. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. 
WWE3CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the outbound parkway east, it is a mess. From Forbes Avenue to Edgewood Swiss Vale, a crash is off to the shoulder, and most of that barely moving through that whole stretch until it all clears out. On the inbound side, not doing too badly. Minor delays inbound parkway west, Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 51 slows between Ensign Avenue and Colerain Street. Look out for an accident in the Brentwood area on Brentwood Avenue at Claremont Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see clear skies for tonight. Temperatures approaching near record lows. A jacket may come in handy for tonight. We'll see a low of 46. Mostly sunny tomorrow, pleasant and warmer with a high of 74. Patchy clouds tomorrow night. A beautiful day on tap with a low of 82. For Friday, partly sunny skies. We'll see a high Friday of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, interesting uh, comments at uh, at the press conference. I think it was today. Maybe it's yesterday. Uh, Jen Sackey, who's uh, really pathetic. Uh, she really does a bad job, but uh, being the communications person, uh, press relations person, I don't know what her official title is. Uh, Vice President of uh, Secretary of something or other for uh, media relations. I don't know what it is. But um, she's got the most disingenuous smile ever by a public person. She's got a thing with her hair. She can't say ten words without having to push her hair back. She needs to get a barrette or a uh, a bobby pin or something. Um, But, and she's... I mean, look, it's a, it's a tough job because you're you're being asked questions that um, that you're supposed to be speaking for the president of the United States. So you have to. Uh, there's a line you have to walk where you're 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 uh, trying to convey to the American people what the president thinks on a particular subject, but you also have to make sure that you are conveying what he actually feels. One word off. Uh, kilter one way or the other, and uh, you could be putting words in the president's mouth, and then you could be hearing that from the president of the United States and get yourself fired. Uh, so it's a tough job. I'm I'm pretty sure it pays pretty well, and most of these people end up with book deals and make millions of dollars after they leave the job, which you probably will do in a I don't know six months or so. Uh, maybe she I don't know who will last longer, her or um, Joe Biden. But anyway, uh, here she is. At a press conference yesterday, uh, or recently, I, I should know this, but I don't. I, I think it was yesterday. It could be today. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was recently, and you listen to the question. It's a quick one, and her answer. Go ahead. One last question. Go one ahead. Last oh, go. One last question. Sure. Um, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? He does. Go ahead. Another question, actually. No. I'm not asking you that. I, I, that's not the question I asked. I asked if the president believes that a, uh, a, a, a an unborn child at 15 weeks is uh, a human being. And the reason that that was asked was because it's been a subject. People talking about it, and, and it's abortion. But um, here's the thing. Now, 
Nancy Pelosi was asked the same question a couple of days ago, and uh, her response is pretty much the same. It's, uh, it's, first of all, it's a complete dodge, and it doesn't answer the question, but here it is. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I'm a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as no, you to don't. respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yeah, but yes, ma'am. Uh, so she fall. at least that, that person from the media, I don't know who it was, she actually didn't, or tried not to let her get away with it. Said, uh, excuse me, uh, that's not what I asked. Uh, could you answer the question? They cannot say the word abortion. They can't say it. Uh, when they're asked the question, it's a woman's uh, reproductive health, it's reproductive rights, it's a woman's right to choose. They can't bring themselves to say, I support abortion. I'm, I think that abortion, I don't think anybody thinks that they believe that abortion is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying that, but they are strong supporters of Abortion and the ability to a to abort a baby, kill a baby uh, before it's born, and um, they they can't say it. They can't say the word abortion. So, so along comes this guy named Tony Kinnett. I hope I have his pronunciation right. It's K I N N E T T. He's a um, he's a biology a high school. I believe he's a high school biology teacher, and. Um, you have to hear his explanation. Here he is explaining to people like Jen Psaki, Nancy Pelosi, and Democrats everywhere what where life begins and how ridiculous and gutless and stupid they are. Listen. There has been one large question in the last few weeks aimed at Democrat leaders like President Biden and Speaker Pelosi. Is a fetus baby pregnancy at 15 weeks a human life? Yes or no? In no case yet has anyone answered this question. They deflect with, I believe in a woman's right to choose, or the president believes that all women should have a choice, etc. As a biology teacher, here's why they don't answer that question. In a scientific discussion, we start from the ground up. Foundationally, we need to answer, is it a life or no? If it's not a life, do whatever you want with it whenever. If it's a human life, it's automatically and immediately protected with the same rights that we all have the moment it becomes a human life. Biologically, a human life begins before 15 weeks. The biggest universally agreed upon unilateral standard for the moment a human life begins is when the 23 chromosomes of the sperm and the 23 chromosomes of the egg meet and create brand new, never before seen DNA. At that moment, that DNA all by itself will order the cell to multiply and undergo mitosis via stem cells until you have all of your organ systems. You're not a human because of your heartbeat, not by your organs, not because you slid through a vaginal canal, not because you're no longer connected to mom by a hose. You're a human life because you have human DNA that is unique to you or an identical twin. A tumor does not have unique DNA. An animal does not have human DNA. You don't give 23 chromosomes to a parasite or a lump of cells. It's a human life from conception, and that is a scientific fact. It grows, reproduces, seeks homeostasis, exhibits metabolism, is cellular, and responds to stimuli. Case closed. They don't answer the question because they can't answer the question. Once you define the scientific moment a human is alive, it has the full rights allotted to that person. It's not her body, her cells, her whatever. It's a human life. Does that explain it okay for you? It does for me. Um, I don't know how you argue with that. And again... 
I'm not a scientist. He is, but then Jen Psaki isn't a scientist either, as far as I know. And I know Nancy Pelosi is, and she's an idiot. Uh, she's not a scientist. She's a really, she's just, uh, I don't even, I don't want to get into what Nancy Pelosi is, but she's not a scientist. And she's a phony. And she claims to be a practicing Catholic, and she drags out her Catholicism or her Christianity when it serves her well, when she wants to say that she's praying for somebody or or she just wants to, to get sympathy. Uh, I don't know about Jen Psaki. I, I don't know whether she's uh, as bad, as much of a phony as Nancy Pelosi is. Jen hasn't been around as long. Nancy's been around a long time. We know how she operates. And uh, But I, I just love that explanation. From uh, Tony Kinnett, who's the um, who's the biology professor. Uh, if I I had thought about running, uh, and every once in a while I like to uh, pull it out, and that's the there's a uh, description of a, an abortion, how it happens, and how, what it's like from a doctor. We have we have a uh, I have it saved somewhere. I'll play it one of these days again. It's good to um, use it when a situation like this. He talks. He just very um in very much detail describes uh, what he did when he aborted a baby and he talks about how he pulled the arms apart and then the legs and pulled different parts of the of the baby's body out um and uh it's pretty gruesome and it's an, uh, also another thing that should be played for democrats everywhere and then have them respond to it but i i would love to have one of these Two idiots that we just uh, either Saki or Pelosi respond to what the biology teacher said, but uh, that's not going to happen. So then there's this guy. I guess this is from today. Uh, Jared Huffman is his name. He's a congressman from California, and he accused the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops of politically weaponizing religion by voting to draft a document that could result in a rebuke of pro-abortion Catholic politicians and suggested he suggested punishing them by stripping the Catholic Church of its tax-exempt status. That's what this guy wants to do if they don't allow um, Joe Biden to go to communion, to, to receive communion. Uh, he says, quote, if they're going to politically weaponize religion by rebuking Democrats who support, here it goes, women's reproductive choice, not abortion, uh, then a rebuke of their tax-exempt status may be in order. Now, who is this Huffman guy? And by the way, uh, it, it's it's a, a question of canon law, which means it's uh, a biggie uh, for the Catholic Church. According to the Code of Canon Law, those who are, quote, obstinately persevering in manifest, in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. That that sums that up pretty good. Um, obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin. It's considered grave sin to kill someone, and they consider a an unborn baby a someone. So you can't you can't claim to be a Catholic if you are okay with killing someone, uh, and it's and it's based on canon law. But this this guy Huffman. Uh, he is uh, part of the Free Thought Caucus. He co-chairs the Congressional Free Thought Caucus with Representative Jamie Raskin. I'm not sure if that's a male or a female. And has been an outspoken opponent of 
uh, religious influence in government. In December, he and Raskin presented the Biden administration with a 28-page document drafted by the Secular Democrats of America uh, PAC, which urged for the repeal of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. Uh, I'm not sure what that, exactly that is, but among other things, the document also recommended opposing, quote, religious displays on government property. It also called for a crackdown on nonprofits operating as businesses, including mega churches. So this guy is—he uh, doesn't like religion, and he doesn't like it um, mingling with with uh, government, which is, you know, some of that's okay. Um, but this is this is what when he what he sent to President Biden, uh, the this uh, the Secular Democrats of America. This is this is the document that he sent, and there, here's the preamble to it. We urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to in this document as the Christian nationalist movement of the religious right. This movement is extraordinarily well-funded and well-organized, and the manifestation of its extreme and sectarian agenda is on constant display under the Trump-Pence administration. Remember, this is back in December when Trump was still president. Its political ideology is anti-democratic and anti-scientific. It provides constant cover for white supremacy, and it advances a reactionary economic policy, tax policy, and dominionist view of the environment that undermines our capacity and will to address the climate crisis. They work it in everywhere. They got to get the climate crisis in. It's these people are just they're just nauseating. Its agenda rests on a pinched interpretation of biblical principles preached by Christian nationalist leadership and thought leaders. With their political agenda sanctioned by a higher power, their base of support is disciplined, motivated, and deeply committed to a vision that does not align with our basic constitutional values and democratic principles. They don't like religion, okay? But this is, this is what I like. This is the, my favorite part. Policy decisions that should be guided by science and evidence on matters ranging from climate change to comprehensive sex education to federal funding for stem cell research have been skewed or blocked entirely by powerful religious interest groups and further undermined at every turn by the Trump administration. So let me read that line again. Policy decisions that should be guided by science and evidence. These are the same people who would be perfectly, who think that there are 72 genders, or whatever the number is up to now, they think that a man can just declare himself a woman, and be and, and he is a woman. There is zero, zero science, zero science to produce, uh, to support that. But that there's certain science that they really want to be strict about and follow, and there's other science that, nah, that might hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want to tell uh, a guy who thinks he's a woman that he's still a guy. Uh, we, don't want to, we don't want to depend on science for that. Uh, and they don't want to depend on science for when life begins. Because if they wanted to be guided by science, this uh, guy Huffman would talk to our, our guy, uh, what was his name? Ten- Kinnett. Uh, Tony Kinnett, who described when life begins, but that's a science that this guy is not interested in talking about. In the meantime, uh, we have a U.S. Olympic athlete who is going by the name of Chelsea Wolfe, 
she's transgender. That's he. It's a guy who's saying he's a woman. And he once threatened, <laughs> he wants to make the Olympics because he wants to burn the flag on the podium if he won the medal. I'm not going to refer to him as she here because I'm not. I'm just not doing that. But um, he, he said, my goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn a U.S. flag on the podium. This is what they focus on during a pandemic, hurting trans children. That's what he wrote on Facebook on March 25th of 2020. Also with a link to Pink News Story, uh, a Pink News Story about the Trump administration's stance on transgender girls in female athletics. Wolf identifies as a transgender woman. He has a mental illness. He's nuts. He's a man. He thinks he's a woman. He's insane. And he, but he, this guy Huffman wants, who wants to follow the science, wants you to listen to this person who goes by the name of Chelsea Wolf, Chelsea Wolf, uh, and he wants you to believe that you can, by just deciding uh, one day, go from being a man to a woman or vice versa. That's science, according to these people, but life beginning at conception, eh, not science. That's where we are. So uh, just a little, little. Uh, we're mixed in some sports and some science there. How do you like how I did that? I think that was pretty good. <laughs> we'll be right back. time to plan your next big vacation. Larry Elder here to stunningly beautiful Homer, Alaska. And imagine, if you will, the scenic wonder of Alaska's wide open spaces, lush green wilderness, wildlife, and amazing adventures on air, sea, and land. Long summer days means the fun never stops. So what's on your bucket list? Homer, Alaska is the halibut fishing capital of the world. Fish for 300-pound halibut or 30-pound salmon. Sail or kayak along glistening coves. Hike pristine wilderness trails and endless beaches. See sparkling glaciers and amazing wildlife like bears, moose, and majestic eagles. And when it's time to relax, enjoy Homer's fine gourmet dining, live music, museums, and robust art scene. It's all there in Homer, Alaska. For travel, tours, and accommodations, visit HomerAlaska.org. That's H-O-M-E-R, Alaska.org. It's time to get out of the house and plan your Alaskan adventure now at HomerAlaska.org. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories, trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40% off. 
LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews, averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, let's continue with the theme of sports and science as we close out here today. I'm sure you've heard that a transgender uh, person... Uh, a trans athlete um, is going to be a weightlifter for the uh, New Zealand team in the Olympics. Uh, his name is uh, Laurel Hubbard. It used to be uh, Gavin. Uh, this guy uh, was named Gavin, but he, tra- he decided to become a woman in 2012. He was competing as a male in, uh, in uh, weightlifting. And his uh, first competition after transitioning in 2017 was a blowout. So this guy went from being a nobody in his sport. He decided, you know, I think I might, if I competed against women in lifting heavy things, there's an outside chance that as a man I might have a little bit of an advantage. You know, there might be some evidence all throughout human history and science that if I'm a man, there's a decent chance that I might be able to lift heavy things better than a woman, or I could I can lift heavier things than a woman. So guess what? He he, he decided to, to to compete against women, and he uh, he won the uh, women's over 198 pounds division at the Melbourne event. He set four unofficial national records in the process. He lifted a combined total of 591 pounds, which is 42 pounds better. Then the silver medalist, uh, Luniara Sipala of Samoa. So uh, there you go, a little more science. And if, and if you look at this person, this guy, he's lifting weights over his head. He's got a bar. I'm looking at the picture now. He's got the, bell bar, uh, the, the uh, barbell over his head. And if you look at this, 
and you <laughs> this is uh, this it's actually hilarious this person who has a hairline it is as goes back farther than mine does mine's not that bad for a guy my age but he's got a he's got a receding hairline big time he's got really short hair he's got an adam's apple and he's got pretty bing's arms big arms and he's fat and but he's a man but if you look at this picture and you decide that that's not a man there's something wrong with you. Not with everybody who's making, allowing this guy to compete against and destroy women who have worked all their lives to do this. He's a man. I mean, he's a woman. He's not a man. Just keep that in mind. Follow the science. I'm off tomorrow. I'll see you Thursday. Thanks. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.